0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Toronto Police Service Chief Mark Saunders on Friday. Talking about the gun violence in Toronto, 20 shootings uh, since the 2nd of October, uh, August, I believe, 2nd of August. Uh, one death on uh, on Friday, and uh, the chief has had enough. He also pointed to the fact that uh, there are many, and I think the number is 326, individuals who were charged, criminally charged, with gun offenses, who are out on bail, and the chief wants judges in Toronto to pay attention to that. And he also said that uh, in recent years, 80% of firearms the police come in contact with, and I'm paraphrasing here, came across the border, which is an issue we've been talking about a lot. And Scott Newark, our good friend, uh, former Crown Attorney, former Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association, has pointed out many times that the RCMP needs more uh, resources in order to stem the flow of guns that cross the border because they don't just come across at the border crossings. It's an issue. And it's a constant political to and fro, and there's a constant call from some sectors in the country that all firearms should be banned, or that handgun ownership should be banned. Remember, the chief said 80% of the guns that police have encountered come from across the border. So let's talk about this whole matter about firearms, and yes, my guest— is involved with firearms owners, and yes, my guest supports firearm ownership in this country, but I want to talk to him about that. It's Tony Bernardo, Executive Director of the Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Tony, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Always a pleasure, Roy.
0: So the CSSA represents how many Canadian firearms owners? How many firearms owners are there in this country, And and roughly how many do you represent?
1: Well, there's 2.2 million firearms licenses, uh, which means there's that many owners, and uh, we represent 35,000 sports shooters coast to coast.
0: Okay, so then we're ta- we're talking about people who are sports shooters. They use their firearms for sporting events, maybe hunters as well. But yep. Okay. Yeah. many
1: of them hunt. Many of them don't.
0: 2.2 million.
1: Yep. Big number. Yeah, it's not conjectural either. Like I say, this is how many licenses have been issued. As a a matter of fact, the only sport in Canada that is larger than shooting is sport fishing. I didn't know that. Yeah, and and, I mean, uh, hockey players and golfers don't even come close to the number of sport shooters.
0: And it's not simple, we need to point this out again, it is not simple to obtain... A license to own a firearm in this country—it's not like the United States. You don't just go down to the gun shop, or to the pawnbroker's, or to your neighbor, and buy a firearm. In order to do so legally, you have to be licensed, and in order to do th- be licensed, you have to get 80 percent on a on a test, and that's and it's not an inconsiderable test. Plus, there's personal information you need to divulge. And, uh, and all of that is true, right? Tony, let's talk about the licensing. Uh,
1: ab- absolutely. And, and you know, if you are uh, getting a restricted firearm, you need to do a second course and a second exam. Your security checks are your local police, RCMP, CSIS, Interpol. Uh, you're checked out like every which way, but Sunday, as a matter of fact, the only people in Canada that have higher security testing are people with level to Class 3 state secrets.
0: Now, now, if you're going to own a firearm, there's nothing wrong with having to be tested for it and to have to know what you're doing. We do that with car licenses, so why not with yep. firearms, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, firearms are, are objects that can potentially be dangerous if use improperly. And we don't have any objection to uh, testing to make sure people know how to use them safely.
0: Now, Tony, why should handguns not be banned in Canada?
1: Well, there's a myriad of reasons. Number one, there's no reason to ban them. Now, I know, I know before you get calls of outrage into your, your call-in lines are Roy, right, you have to ask yourself the big question. Of the 20 shootings that happened last week in Toronto, how many of them happened with legal gun owners? The answer is zero. As a matter of fact, I can think of one shooting on the streets of Toronto ever that was done by a legal gun owner, and it was so rare that it it became a Dog Bites Man headline, and it made headlines right across the country because it was such an anomaly.
0: What about, and I have to ask you the what about questions, Mm -hmm. what about, and how much of an issue is it, how much of an issue is guns, handguns, let's focus on handguns, being stolen from, illegally obtained from, a legal gun owner, and then used for criminal activity?
1: It does happen. Um, it's quite rare, uh, you know, with, within our, our community. Of course, when a, a theft happens, everybody's alerted. You know, to, to keep lookouts for these particular firearms, and it, and it does happen. Remember that people do not have latitude as to how firearms are stored. You know, you you can't come back to the gun owner and say that your guns got stolen because they were carelessly stored. The law stipulates how they're stored. And, you know, um, the, the the more people uh, store these things tightly, the better. That's great. But they were never intended to stop a guy with a backhoe from smashing a hole through your wall. Or as has happened in one or two gun shop incidences in Canada, somebody drives a giant pickup truck through the front window, scoops up everything they can scoop up while the alarms are going off, and get out of there before the police show up. How do you stop that you, you know you don't one of the things that, that, that I think has to be said though There's a huge number of firearms that are taken from the police and the military either stolen or lost And yet you never hear anything about accountability from those two sources. I didn't know that Oh, yeah, it's, it's huge as a matter of fact in the last uh, five or six years. It's been over 800 guns
0: Tony after uh, the mass shootings in El Paso Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and Dayton, and a week before El Paso in California, and we think back to Las Vegas, and yes, these are American shootings, but the the emotion doesn't know any borders. The emotion, people's response, uh, and and appropriately so, it shouldn't. shouldn't. We we have to, you know, we're all, hopefully, uh, have the same objectives for our societies. But following the mass shootings, there are always calls to disarm Canadian gun owners. Are you hearing that now, and and why do you suppose? Maybe I already know the answer. Why are why are why is why is the federal government silent on this issue, at least on handguns now? Uh, go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, there's there's a few things here. First of all, the, the consultations that uh, Minister Blair has done over the last couple of years have been pretty comprehensive. There's been over fourteen thousand people consulted and the consensus of opinion 81 percent said they they didn't believe there should be any gun bans because they're completely ineffective and there'd be much better ways to spend the money Uh, also the groups that are screaming for more and more gun control all the time uh, are are quite small and they have the favor of of the left-wing media and uh, quite frankly in canada that's most of the media so you've got groups like the toronto star or the cbc that are willing to broadcast that side of the coin. Um, most of them don't even want to hear about the fact that we've got 2.2 million people out there that didn't commit any crimes today. And they're not going to commit any crimes tomorrow or the day after. And
0: 2.2 million people who own at least one firearm.
1: At least one firearm, exactly. You know, And uh, you, you never hear that side of the story because, quite frankly, the, uh, the, the media isn't willing to put that side of the coin forward. Right now, there's a huge amount of hysteria involving the mass shootings in the U.S. And, you know, it has always been our position that the biggest driving factor in those mass shootings is not the prevalence of firearms, not even close. And we come back to that in a minute. But what it is is that everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. Well, if you go and you shoot up a festival or you shoot up a school, you can get four days on CNN. Well, the entire world learn, learns every particular detail about some loser's life who's only claimed fame is he hurt a lot of people.
0: Now, we talked last hour with uh, Dr. James Densley, sociologist and professor of criminal justice at Metropolitan State University. He's uh, one half of Project Violence, and they've investigated all mass shootings in the United States since 1966. And their definition was four people at least four people were killed by a shooter, and uh, and and they came up with a composite uh, characteristics of the shooter. And there were people who blamed the world for their problems, and there were people and and he pointed out to us, some were copycats. So there was a composite of of who the of who the shooters are. At the same time, I mean, we all feel a tremendous amount of emotion, feel a tre- tremendous amount of pain. We want to come out of this whole issue stronger and better and with preventive measures in place. Tony, am I right or am I wrong when I say it's just too easy to own a gun in the U.S.?
1: Uh, That's a very difficult question to answer, Roy, because there's a lot of different situations. For example, most Canadians are unaware that anyone who purchases any firearm from a retailer in the United States has to undergo an FBI background check.
0: Anywhere in the country?
1: Anywhere in the country. Hmm. I didn't yeah, know that. Go, yeah, a lot of people don't. Um, but they, they have what they term a, quote, instant background check, which can take as long as four days.
0: Are there places and in the United States where you can walk in and essentially just walk out with a gun? No. Okay.
1: Not Nowhere. not a retail. I not mean, any. the thing is now private sales, of course. No, I get uh, that, yeah. Yeah, and everything's off the board there. Um, and, and you know you, we hear a lot here about this uh, quote gun show loophole. There isn't no loophole. The law specifies how firearms are to be sold at gun shows, and people will obey it to the letter of the law. Uh,
0: should what is defined or, or, or popularly termed as assault rifles should they be banned? You know, there was a wasn't yeah. there? A, there was a there was a poll of Canadians and they and in urban areas in Canada. If I remember correctly, a majority don't want them.
1: Uh, assault rifles have been banned in Canada since 1934, since before there were assault rifles.
0: I know, but, you know, people look at certain <laughs> firearms and say, it looks like an assault rifle, so it is an assault rifle.
1: Well, yeah. You people look at a Mustang with pinstripes on it and go, gee, that looks just like a Formula One race car. <laughs> but it's not.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And, you know, we shouldn't be banning things based upon what, how they look. We should ban it. And them based upon what they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, assault rifles in Canada have been banned already for many, many
0: years. So, so a firearm that you can get in the United States, you're shooting me down here. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I appreciate it. Look, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know, and I'm glad to find out right. from you. Um, right. If uh, So there are firearms that you can buy in the United States, and I'm going to get emails on this too. Yes, I don't know everything uh if, of not. if if there are firearms you can buy in the united states that you cannot buy in this country mm-hmm. and
1: that's absolutely true yes
0: okay and there's magazine capacities as well
1: well that's right now you see the one thing we have in canada uh is, is standards on magazine capacities mm-hmm. rightly or wrongly it's the way it is that a semi-automatic center fire rifle can uh, have a magazine of five rounds a semi-automatic center fire handgun, 10 rounds. Now, that's the law, and it governs the capacity of the magazine per se, not necessarily the firearm is going to be used in, but okay. all the magazines are adjudicated.
0: We have a minute. We have a minute here. We've established that Canadians have to go past specific bureaucratic and police requirements, legal requirements, huge, huge in requirements. order to, to own a shotgun or a rifle. I mean, it starts right at the very beginning. You can't and just... Every, Every
1: firearms owner in Canada yeah. is vetted through the RCMP every 24 hours.
0: Every 24 hours. I knew that. Hours. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good thing to remind people about. In the 30 seconds we have left, are you concerned that we're going to get to the time where a Canadian government is going to say, um, we don't care what the response is, we're banning handguns, or we're banning this, or we're banning that, or we're banning the other?
1: Yeah, I am concerned, actually, because it's in our experience, the Liberal Party will do absolutely anything for a buck. So, they will lie, cheat, steal, and do whatever they have to do. And forgive me for being so blunt, but that's that's the way I feel
0: about it. Tony, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much.
1: Always a pleasure, Roy.
0: You're yeah, talking to you. Tony Bernardo, Executive Director of uh, the Shooting Sports Association of Canada. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever.